Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fire and Forte, and a very warm welcome to Danica Johnston. I think we need to wish you a happy belated birthday, most importantly. Do you know LinkedIn told me to wish you a happy birthday? Well, good on LinkedIn. That's that's good data right there. <laughs> Accurate data. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit odd to be told that by LinkedIn, but thank you. So how was your birthday? Did you get up to anything special? Do you know? Yeah, so I was 46 last Friday, so not an overly exciting number or anything like that. I had the most beautiful day, and I'll tell you the story quickly. The Thursday the afternoon before my birthday, my husband calls me out of the blue, and he never does this, and says, let's take tomorrow off work, both of us. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, let's do it and celebrate your birthday. And we did. So we both took the day off work. My boss is so cool. She said, absolutely. And we got the kids to school. I went to the gym. We did the Bondi to Bronte Walk, which is our old stomping ground. Beautiful cliffs. Anybody that knows Bondi, Bondi to Bronte Walk. Then we did laps at Icebergs. And then we literally got out of the ocean, the, the, the pool there at Icebergs, and we went to lunch. And we had a beautiful lunch. And we finished our sentences and actually had a conversation and then we were at home by the time our three boys finished school and got home from school. So it was glorious. That sounds the absolute dream. Were there any wines involved in this? Yes, two spicy margaritas, <laughs> two wines. Absolutely, there were. <laughs> there really were. I was going to say it sounded an incredibly wholesome day otherwise. I'm glad there were some spicy margaritas involved as well as the walking and all the exercise. Yeah. That's amazing. Let me introduce you to the audience because... Personally, for me, Danica is someone that I've been reading up about as she's a very senior woman in media and advertising, which is one of those careers which I think many women look up to. Devil Wears Prada, maybe. It seems very much linked to magazines, advertising, glamorous fun. And the reason why I came across Danica is because she's one of the senior team leading a pioneering social platform called We Are Eight, which I'm looking forward to talking to you about. But not only that, Danica's had a career that's gone through TV, radio, social media, and like I said, now leading this pioneering team. Now, we've talked before on Fire and Forte about how women in our 40s make the most of our experience and all of the confidence that we've got, but also in quite a new world. And I couldn't help but look at your background, Danica, and think, okay, you've got this solid career in TV and radio, which sounds super cool, but then also jumping into the world of TikTok and social media and, and, and so on. Outside of that, and we've got a good feeling for it now, Danica is also very much a health and wellness fan <laughs> from what we can gather in Australia. So there is something here about a really good lifestyle, wife and mum, and how to look after yourself, which we really believe at Fire and Forte really helps you be your best if you're actually just making sure that you look after yourself. Absolutely. So. Yeah, so welcome. Thank you so much for talking to us. And maybe we should start there. How important is health and wellness and how do you look after yourself? Oh, yeah, it's so important. I'm a bit obsessed by health and wellness at the minute. I, I think you go through stages with your self-care and wellness. I, I'm that girl, I, I, born and raised in Perth. I played sport from the minute that I could walk, literally. I've played every sport. My parents were really athletic and sporty and active. So I've just, sport and, and movement has been part of my childhood, growing up in my 20s. You know, I've always I've always moved and taken care of myself. I didn't realise it at the time, but really 10 years of raising small people, babies, I think 
and I'm generalising here, by the way, but I think a lot of the time when women become mums and have babies to care for, one of the first things that goes is exercise and wellness. I know it did for me, and again, I'm generalising because I certainly know lots of people and colleagues and friends that went the opposite way and they were running marathons and doing amazing things. I I wasn't sensible with it. I let it slide for a long time and I feel like I had my third baby when I was 40 and it was really not until I think a couple of years ago I got myself back on track and now I go, I love it. I can't, the. I get anxious when I don't move every day. Like I'm that silly person. I get up at 4.45 every single day and I go to the gym and I love it because I train from five to six and that's me time. Nobody's asking me for anything or saying my name or I'm not looking at emails and I'm working on myself and I and I love it and I'm fit. I, I honestly think I'm fitter and stronger now at 46 than I was at 36, but it's a real investment and uh, and I do it every single day for me. It's just for me and I can't imagine my life without it. And we're talking about a 4.45 a.m. alarm. We are. I mean, that is, you must be very tempted to at least, you know, four days, one day out of five, turn that off, but you're quite... I have some days off. Some days my rest day, but you know, like I know it sounds heroic. Once you've done it for six months, it's just a habit for me now. Like I honestly, genuinely, because I have girlfriends going, oh, that's gross. How do you do that? I could never get up, you know. It, it is just a habit for me now. The alarm goes off. I have readjusted my sleeping hours. I used to be a night owl. Like I'd go to bed at 12, midnight, 12.30, 1 a.m. and survive on six hours sleep. I don't do that anymore. I think when you start the day early, you, you start correcting the later part of your night. And I have done that. I've literally shifted my whole day and sleeping patterns and hours. But I I don't think of it. It's not a chore for me anymore. I I know this sounds ridiculous. I actually really look forward to when I'm up at 4.45, creeping around the house in the dark, putting on the gym gear because I'm not, it's just for me. It's just such solo time. So, and there's this saying, win the morning, win the day. And I think it's really true. I really, I, I think it's so on point because if you can start your day well, and feeling good about yourself, I think the rest of the day kind of cascades in a really good, a good fashion. And, and it really works for me. And that's so interesting. Not only does it help you feel good throughout the day, but also that you've shifted your body clock. Yeah. So that actually you don't need to give yourself this label of I'm a night owl or I'm a morning person, because that could really cut you off, couldn't it? I think everyone has different times when they're at the peaks and troughs naturally, but there's probably more that's within our control than we maybe realise. Yeah. And and honestly, years, decades of bad habits for me, you know, going to bed late, working late, being on emails, looking at screen before you fall asleep you know and you do it almost subconsciously and I have literally changed all of that like you won't see an email from me past 10 o'clock ever at night time I don't want to and you shouldn't have to anyway and sleep's become really important to me I'm lucky I can survive on six seven seven's a luxury but I look forward to getting that big chunky sleep and just not being on a screen before bed and just getting up feeling good and fresh to 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 exercise and move every morning. 
Amazing. I think that's very energizing because obviously you need as much energy as you can throughout your day. And then I imagine if you've had a good workout or if you've had a good idea that's come to you during your workout, or like you said, you've had some time to yourself, you're probably thinking, I remember that being really good yesterday. I want a little bit more of that. And that encourages you actually to go the next day. Yeah, I really think that. I start my days now because I'm up so early and I've exercised and moved and the blood's flowing and all of those things. It's right. I feel really sharp. I mean, don't like quite seriously. I fall in a bit of a heap at 3.30. Don't ask me to do anything too strenuous at 3.30. And then you pick up again when you're at home with the kids. The other thing that I love, so I do, I feel really sharp starting my days now because of my new routine and clock. And I've been doing it for a couple of years. But the other thing that I actually really love, I train with some really amazing other women. We have this little gang if you like and you know it's amazing the conversation you have in between you know bench presses or you know cardio workouts and whatnot I don't know solving all the problems of life and just real conversations real women I really I really love it and uh, and it's a nice way to start the day and it's not too serious and yeah just being a bit real and and caring for yourself good conversation moving it feels really nice every morning that sounds awesome because I think it's community, isn't it? Community yeah. outside of work, outside of family. Yeah, I suppose it's almost like you can be someone a little bit different or they bring out a different side of you potentially. Yeah, and sometimes even, I know this sounds ridiculous, sometimes we just have a bit of a moan, you know, like it's five o'clock in the morning and we're doing, you know, burpees or treadmills or something and, you know, one of the girls would go, I'm so tired. You know, my 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 kids were up so late. I've had the worst sleep. And we'll be like, yes, you know, that happened to me. And and sometimes it's just nice to vent a little bit and, and let off steam in a really authentic, organic way. It's really nice. I actually really love it. I love it every morning. It sounds good for the mental health, without yeah. a doubt. I'm pretty yeah. sure of that. So we've talked about your 46th, which um, sounds like the best day. I'm now going to put that for my birthday next year, what I want to do on my birthday. If but I how... do that on their birthday, you go for a walk, you go to the gym, go for a walk, do laps, and then go to lunch and have spicy margaritas. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'm, I, I agree with you. The days of dancing are... <laughs> <laughs> we're overrated that sounds like it's it's all about that yeah. but what about the 40s for you and what maybe what this birthday meant for you I mean when I talk to some people we this all started because I was approaching my 40th and thought I I refuse to be on a downer about turning 40 I don't know why society has made me feel as though that would be the case so I was really intrigued about how the 40s have been for you and also your perception of them maybe in general yeah look I'm an interesting case because I was pregnant with our third baby when I was 40 and that was not really planned we were always going to have three kids I have three boys we were always going to have three kids but we started having kids in my early early yeah early mid 30s and then we kind of woke up one day and went oh my gosh were we supposed to have three kids life gets away honestly truly that is the honest truth and so I was pregnant, very pregnant on my 40th birthday. So I kind of entered 40 going, mm, you know, I was heavily pregnant. My body was sore. I was aching and whatever. It wasn't, I mean, we had a beautiful third baby. Um, so that was a wonderful celebration. But I think I celebrated it differently because I was going, oh, my God, I'm about to go into the trenches again of a newborn and no sleep and three small kids. 
I think I came out of that really when I was 42, 43, and you come over the other side of newborns and toddlers and just, you know, and I I think I found myself again probably when I was 42. I started a side hustle with my beautiful friend, Michelle, uh, online women's clothing store. We did amazing clothes and it was really successful. At the same time, raising babies and kind of going back into the workforce and, you know, reigniting my career. So I found myself again at 42 because I was doing all of these things and I loved it because I'm high energy. And then I think I've just kept going on from there. But I think for me, now my boys are 12, 10 and five and a half. I feel really, no, I was going to say I feel really settled. I don't think you're ever really settled when you're balancing three kids and a big career and all those things. It's never linear. It's bonkers every single day. But I feel in control and I feel I feel strong. And I keep going back to this notion that I feel really sharp in my thinking, in my head, in my learning and in my capability in my career. And I do feel a little bit like there's no stopping me. You know, I'm not ready. I'm exhausted, but I'm not ready to retire. I feel like my head is really capable of continuing to learn and reignite and mentor and teach. And I love that. So I've got, I've reached this point at 46 when, don't get me wrong, every every other day I'm like, oh gosh, am I ready to retire yet? And every time I say that, my husband goes, you will be bored in three minutes. And he's 100% correct. But I feel good. And I've read things about this before, that women, certainly when they get into their 40s, they get almost this second skin and second layer to them of energy or smarts or sophistication or whatever it happens to be. Or Yeah, and I'm there. I can honestly and unapologetically, I'm at that point and I, I feel pretty bloody powerful. You know what I mean? Like I've always read articles and things about this and now I'm at that point and I go, yeah, I get it. I'm there. I just want to high five you through the screen to anybody listening. That's what you've got to look forward to, because I think there's a combination of your, maybe your experience, your confidence, whether that's natural or it's come over time and you're extremely healthy as well. You kind of think that those things all come together to think actually my life experience and where I've reached to has demonstrated that I'm capable. That could be one of those reasons. And I do wonder as well, how great that must be to look at three children. Do you think that influences confidence and that sense of taking on the world? Yeah, I do. I do. And look, I know that not every strong 40-something woman has children. And I'm not saying that children define that strength or capability. But I do, in my personal experience, it, 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 it has played a part. And I and I say this carefully, but I think when you are raising babies as a woman, you give up a lot. You don't realise it at the time. You've got to juggle so many things. You've got to juggle your physicality. You've got to juggle your career. You go in and out of a job or a career and that can be confusing. You give up time and you just, it it is part of that nurture nature thing where I think women have to pivot a lot and they have to give up certain things and there are sacrifices you get them back and I think that's what's happening to me now is that a lot of those things that you had to sort of manipulate or maneuver like a chessboard 
you kind of go like, this is, this is so me. I go, absolutely. I'm going to be the fittest I've ever been. You know, I'm want to do a massive hike. I want to do the Tasmanian cake to cake thing. You know, I, I want to do all of these things and I want to study again. I'm desperate to learn and study again. You know, we we're talking before, like I want to do my MBA and I, there's so many things that I want to do. And I think that happens, you know, and I think you get to that point and it's not resentment for me. I don't resent having to do all the hard yards and, and raising the little babies and small people. You just do it because, and dads do it too, by the way, not just women do it. My husband's a wonderful example of that. But now it's almost like I'm taking that, that time back now and I'm doing all the things that I've ever wanted to do. It is a bit YOLO, you only live once, you know. I, I have this in this thing in me. I never, ever, ever, ever want to regret not doing something in my life and I've always been like that, even as a little girl. And, gee, that's alive in me now. I don't want to regret anything. I want to do everything in my cap capability and go for it. The sky's the limit, apart from there's only so much time in a day, isn't there? So I think it's probably prioritizing all of these amazing things that yeah. you've got to do, isn't it? But they're all good things. Yeah. And I think, like, you just become unapologetic about it. You know, what? You know, I, I remember when my babies were little and my husband never made me feel like this, but you just felt guilty going to the gym in the morning like when I, when I had little kids I would never be have been able to go to the gym at 4 45 every morning because I was either breastfeeding or one had been up all night you know like there was just there's there's so many of those things that you just don't do and now uh, now I'm you know ferocious about it I am also a big believer in lead by example my kids know that I get up at 4 45 every day and invest in myself. They know I exercise and it's for me, it's for no one else. I play netball still. I'm 46 years of age and I play competitive netball every Monday night. And, you know, my kids have come a couple of times and watched us win the medal and they get all excited. I lead by example um, because I want my kids to be healthy and smart and motivated and all those things. And I think it's also important. I'm raising three boys. I think it's really important them to see not just dad working and being fit and achieving, but mum does all those things too. And so I'm a firm believer of that in anything, in any leadership role that I have as a mum, personally, professionally, lead by example. One of my previous interviewees did talk about how important it was to put that oxygen mask on yourself before yeah. you do anyone else. She was a yoga instructor and said, it's amazing how many mums feel guilty for doing that. And I think mum or not, it's making sure that maybe whatever works for you is in your day so that your career or your family or whatever else in life doesn't take that away from you when you probably do need it. Absolutely. And I think the oxygen mask is an excellent analogy. And, and, and that's, that's exercise for me in the morning. And I put that oxygen mask on because I can guarantee you when I walk in the door at 6.04 every morning, I'm a better mum, I'm a better wife. And then when I get to work, I'm a better leader, I'm a better executive and colleague, I'm a better friend. I'm just on and I've done something for me. So I feel I feel good. I feel okay. Do you know? And I and I know I am a better colleague, friend, sister-in-law, sister, daughter, friend, all those things if, I, if I'm taking care of me. And I know the comparison because five years ago, I wasn't doing that. I, I wasn't taking care of me. And I can see the shift in me. And I can, you know, when we talk about that sharpness and yeah, it's just, and whether, whether you have kids or not, like he said, you're just better when you invest in yourself. You just are. It makes sense.
Well, do you do you mind if we go and look back at that period of time? Maybe have there oh. been some patches where you've not had either the time or as much motivation, or as that kind of self care looks a bit different in the past? Yeah, very much. I think pre kids, gosh, you know, fit did everything. Then you do. I think for me, ten years of raising babies, scaling my career at the same time, big jobs. The first thing I let go of. Uh, upon reflection was my wellness and I regret it immensely and I can I can literally I could road map it I can literally point you know when you have babies and when you're pregnant and I just I just didn't prioritize that and I wasn't unhealthy or anything but I just didn't prioritize thing, those things and I can see how that all caught up in me later down in the track COVID was a really tricky time for me Again, if I'm really honest, I didn't look after myself during lockdown, two years of lockdowns and the homeschooling children. And we had Eddie, you know, who was three and four and climbing the walls and escaping the house while trying to do Zoom calls. Like it was just, but, you know, at that time I should have gone, get up every morning, like exercise before the kids are. And I didn't do that either. So there, there's some tricky points in time for me where I didn't invest, but now I've gone so far the other way. Like I can't function every day unless I feel strong, fit and well. And I don't want to be the skinniest woman in the room or anything like that. I don't care about aesthetics. I care about mental strength and I I care about that inner strength and feeling strong every day. That's awesome. It's funny what motivates us when we're younger versus what is when we're older. You know, didn't you used to think... How, how many calories, you know, the old Weight Watchers diets anyway, that was something that we were all done and everything was calories. And if I exercise that, what will burn off the most calories? Totally different now for me personally anyway, and it sounds like you as well. Absolutely. I couldn't hear, yeah, like, I just, I love feeling fit and strong, strong to get through every day, run after my three boys and you just know it. You know it, you can feel it in you when, you, when you're when you really, really well. And it takes time. For me, it's taken a year and a half to get to this point. And for me, it, and it's such a shift and turning point for me because I know I can, now at 46 years of age, I can't be sharp. I can't be a good mom and juggle a gazillion things every day unless this wellness part in me is really manifested and taken care of. Like it's taken me all this time to figure that out, but here I am. Well, exactly. Now's the now's the best time. There's a, the, the whole saying that you want to have it all. You could say that you've got it all in terms of family, big job, but it's interesting that it's not a hardship. I think because you've got that health and wellness, it sounds like actually you're more than capable of having it all, as opposed to maybe working extremely long hours and just thinking that you need to be superhuman to manage all of those things. I mean, can I just ask, do you work full time? I do. I always have since uh, since I was 20 years of age. Always, always, always. Yeah, I do work full time. And so my life is in seventh gear with kids and work and whatnot all the time. I don't know any different. I've always structured my, my work life like that. But that notion, it's funny. I might be controversial with what I'm about to say. I don't believe anybody has it all. I think it's such, I've, I've, I've been vocal on this point before. I grew up in my career in the early days, scaling my career vertically, having kids at this rise of, at this time of the rise of the woman, which was amazing. But there used to be this saying, women can have it all. And it always jarred me because I was like, really? But I think 
Nobody has it all. Like, I've got a great job. I'm very lucky. I've worked hard for that. I've got great kids. I have an amazing husband who does everything 50-50. I have so much support structure to make it look like I might have it all. But let me tell you, yesterday in this household, getting three kids out of the school, out, out of, to school out of this house was a disaster. The wheels fall off. I don't feel like I have it all. You know, I have work pressures. I just think it's an overflated sense of reality. And I don't, I've never subscribed to it because what your definition of having it all is might be different to me, might be different to the next person, might be different to my colleague. What I think is important to know is that if you work really, really hard and you set yourself goals, but also boundaries, your capability will astound you. And I think that also, particularly working women, have to acknowledge that the wheels do fall off and that is normal and that is okay. And then all we do is pat ourselves on the back and take three big breaths and we go again. And we don't try and over-perfect this notion of being perfect all the time because I don't think it exists. So I get really nervous that whole thing saying we have it all. I think if you're healthy, great. If you have a great job or career, great. If you're lucky enough to have a spouse, a husband, a partner, kids or whatever, if you're happy and healthy, that is my version of having it all. But I just enter with caution around that phrase, if you like. I think it actually needs to be accompanied with air quotation marks, doesn't it? Because yeah. it probably is something that you could possibly leave in the 90s or early 2000s. Because I suppose as well, if you felt that pressure when you were younger and now I think it's really great that we've got so many role models that are in their 40s and beyond, you don't have to get married. You don't, if you want, mm -hmm. a, if you want to have a child, if you don't want to have a child, it's so much more acceptable. So having it all is maybe, whereas it used to be husband, children, dogs, certain yeah. kind of life, maybe now it is a confidence in the life that you've chosen, which is an absolute privilege. Exactly. You know, and I have some of my best friends are not married with kids and they've got amazing careers, so they don't have it all, but they've got a beautiful life and and they've done really well for themselves. So I think it's exactly like, thank goodness, the definition or the explanation of having it all has shifted and it's pliable and it can mean something very different from me to the next person to you, et cetera. I'm really grateful for that because I think it was a really overinflated perception and goal for me when I used to hear women and men say that because I was like, oh, I'm not seeing a lot of people having it all at every single moment in time, you know? Yeah, so I'm glad it's changed. Yeah, interesting. We could be so busy on the journey as well, can't we, that, yeah. that we probably don't enjoy some of these moments that are really enjoyable. Yeah, I don't know if this is a little bit of a flip, but I'm talking to a very self-assured lady now who is, you've got a real sense of conviction, clearly, and a lot of energy. And I'm mm. wondering if, from a confidence level, is it, your, your job's been in sales and in advertising and all of these careers where you've got to be very outgoing. Mm. How have you been able to maintain, a, well, I suppose, what does confidence mean to you? And is that something that's come quite naturally or have there been times when you've needed to work on that? Yeah, both. If I'm really honest, I'm a naturally confident person and I, and I would say that I'm lucky to have that skill. I think I get that from my mum and dad who are working class 
people. They worked really hard. They always provided. I always just remember mum and dad working really hard. So I think that work ethic rubbed off on me from a very early age. And I think if you work hard and you're kind of disciplined with whatever it is that you do on a job front or a wellness front, I think if you apply discipline to certain aspects of your life, I think confidence comes through that. I'm an energetic person. I actually, I happen to love people. So I love people interaction and I I love dealing with people. And and I think so my confidence comes through that. I think that's my answer. Like, I think I'm naturally wired that way where I know a lot of people aren't. So I, I feel fortunate that I have those tools and those, that kind of that DNA. I've certainly worked on myself over the years. I think in and out of maternity leave, when you stop and start your job and your career, that, that's really confusing. I learned through that process to really back myself in. And I talk a lot about that. I think confidence is a personal reflection point going, just back yourself in every single time when it's hard, when you make mistakes. God forbid, I've made so many of them in my life and my career. And you back yourself in. You back your intelligence and your capabilities and your skill set and you keep going and never, ever, ever, ever give up. Oh, I love that saying. That might make us some T-shirts, back yourself in, saying yeah. that if you've not already sold those on your side hustle, which I want to come back to. What yeah. I love, yes, <laughs> that's your saying. We'll, we'll trademark it. Yeah. Um, back yourself in. What does that look like then? What's What does that truly look like if someone wants to adopt that mentality? Yeah, I just think tr- stay true to yourself. Don't overinflate expectations of yourself, right? I think ambition is an interesting thing in your career most of us I think women are guilty of this a lot you know get 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 to the top escalate your career really quickly I'd say be cautious on that don't run before you can walk back yourself in know that your career your journey is not five years it's not three five years ten years it's 30 years it's 40 years I think giving yourself realistic realistic milestones and achievements and goals is a really good thing and if you do that you'll go yeah you know I, I'm going to get to this point in x amount of time I think backing yourself in at times of failure as well when things don't go to course or you're disappointed in work or jobs or promotions or relationships or partnerships or something is also a really valid learning lesson and I mean what I said, like, it's almost like what it says, it is what it says on the tin, no matter what, in good times and bad times, remember what you're really good at, what your path is, what you want to achieve, back yourself in and keep going. And it's something that I know my mum and dad have really instilled in me. So I feel very lucky. I kind of see them as my, my life mentors you know, my dad was a businessman, so he had businesses that, you know, failed and then successful, but he just kept going. And, and my mum was always part of that engine as well. And I think it's just never give in, just keep on your path, just really honestly keep on your path. It's excellent advice. And I'm wondering if women in their 20s and 30s particularly struggle with this, and mm-hmm. maybe it's something more that you might realise in your 40s. Has that been your experience either personally or with people around you yeah I think that's a really valid point certainly the wisdom and the confidence that I have now in this space and to even to articulate that to you just now that wasn't me when I was 25 26 I was learning you've got your l plates on you've got your p plates on 
This is why I think having a mentor, particularly in your career, is so valuable because you're talking to somebody that's lived in your shoes before. But my principle is still the same. And I would say, I say this to colleagues all the time, just stay on your course, like know your skill set. Don't be a master of everything. Do one thing and do it really well because when you do that, like any discipline or learned behaviour, you get better and better and better and better at it and just be confident. Like honestly, you know, don't, I hate ego. I hate it. I hate it in the corporate boardroom. I hate it. I hate it. And I kind of detract from it. But I think humility and being confident in your capability to back yourself in is a wonderful discipline to have and to be taught when you're young in your journey. That's brilliant. What if, and here's another question, you're, you're, you've got the confidence, so you're trying to back yourself. How does someone find those people around them? Have you already always found, let's say, cheerleaders? Or how might someone go about kind of getting some more people to, to help them if they need that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have had cheerleaders. Absolutely, I have. And I have colleagues that I've worked with in various jobs and capacities for like 25 years. And I think I have this favorite saying in life, find your tribe and love them hard. And I've always used that in my personal life, you know, obviously around my husband and my kids and my and my best friends that I've known for 25 years or 40 years, actually. But I think it also applies in your work life as well. Find your tribe, find like-minded people and learn from each other, you know, create a little wolf pack together. I don't think it's hard to understand and identify when you have rapport with someone, you know, like, you know, you feel it in here. So when you find somebody that you go, wow, she was really inspirational or, or like, gee, she's interesting. If you feel that in somebody that you've met or you work with or a connection, go after it, chase them. Find a way to connect with that person, befriend them, have a have a relationship or a partnership, work on it. Because I can guarantee you that rapport and that energy between people when it's right and it, you know, it galvanizes like that. Gee, that's powerful. And that, and that's that's my experience. Colleagues that I worked with 25 years ago that are still my dearest friends today. And we talk about it, you know, we talk about those sorts of things. So find your tribe or find somebody in your tribe and love them hard and have a really good mentor as you go through. You know who they are. Excellent. Work can be so much more fun with the right people, can't it? And I think really you have your, you know, you used to say work, I'm doing this again, speech marks, but work friends, or you'd have your work husband or work wife. Really, they're very, very helpful contacts that support you through one of the most important things, which is building your career and trying to be the best that you can be. Absolutely. And I think that that idea of having a cheer squad around you is the thing that helps your confidence, which is the thing that helps you to be internally confident and back yourself in. Because if people in your cheer squad are going, no, you bloody go for that promotion or you absolutely go with that, with you know, Go after it with two hands. That's that intrinsic confidence built in you and it and it ladders up and that's when you go, yeah, I'm going to do that. And that's that point of reflection where you go, I'm backing myself in, I'm going to do this. Cheer squads, mentors, whatever you want to call them, people in your corner, in your tribe, so important. 
I think we've got another T-shirt. So the T-shirt's going to say, find your tribe, love them hard. I mean, we've yeah. got a whole... I can see about finding that, actually. I don't know why we never did that. Yeah, there's another T-shirt. Well, in fact, we've got a collection after yeah, this. got a nice exclusive yeah. limited edition collection. Yeah. So, so let me ask you about your side hustle. And then I'd love to know more about We Are Eight because the side hustle was in fashion then. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and we still have it actually. Yeah, when I was having Eddie, I'd resigned from my job at the time and I was restless. I had three small kids and a newborn. I'm a very creative person. I'm very visual, but in my role, I've always been the commercial person. So there's not always that space for creativity. But I tell you, when Eddie came along and I was kind of on mat leave and looking for my next career move, all of this creativity came out of me and I wanted to do something with it. And my girlfriend, Michelle, and I created our little business, our side hustle called The Star Cantina, and we made all these amazing clothes and we went to China and Bali and we manufactured and we did everything. I, do you know, I learned how to tech uh, building that business. I learned the back end of Shopify and Facebook Ads Manager and, and creating a website and tech. We literally together put ourselves the technical skills of of digital and e-commerce that is incredible I mean the buying trips and everything was there ever a point of saying well was there a moment when you said let's go for this and did that feel like quite a significant step yeah I think it was kind of we were on our first buying trip we were we were overseas buying fabric and it felt probably up until that point a little bit of a hobby well it was a hobby it was a side hustle but we're like but then when you're there and you're kind of sewing this business together, excuse the pun, but we literally were. And I think once we'd built our first website together in the middle of the night when the kids were in bed and, you know, and we were online at, you know, at our, our houses, I think that was the turning point. And then we launched this business and then like in a week we were getting all of these orders coming through and we're like, this is actually happening. And it kind of didn't stop and we kept creating and manufacturing and designing and learning social media, the art of marketing around social media. It was fascinating. All self-taught, absolutely all self-taught. I think we each put in, I don't know, I can't remember. It was like we each put in $1,000 into the business or something and we started it off and off we went. That's absolutely incredible. So if we can add some links there, it's it's still a thriving business it now, is. is it? Are you still so you still manage that and your full-time job, or have you got anyone helping you out with it? No, look, we we we're we're a little bit passive with it with it at the moment because we're both off doing lots of other things, but we still have it. We still have it. It's the style cantina. We have a website and you can buy things off the style cantina, cantina with a C, C-A-N-T-I-N-A. And we love it. It's our little passion. It's very cool. And like you say, if you're in a commercial role and a corporate role as well, but you've, you've got this whole other side to you, which you might not, you, you'd probably enjoy fashion and what you'd wear to work on other occasions, but actually to see what you're capable of. It's yeah. quite amazing that there's all these other skill sets. Otherwise, you can quite easily pigeonhole yourself into one thing, even though you've clearly got a passion for something else. Yeah, I, I think that was my greatest learning of putting that business together with Michelle. She's She's such a stylish woman. Like she's the fashionista. I loved learning infrastructure, like learning tech, coding, coding the back end of an e-commerce site, literally while I was breastfeeding in the middle of the night. So she was, you know, and we kind of found our spaces with it. Like she was, you know, she was the aesthetic and big vision and just 
she got all of the design where I loved all the marketing and the technical aspects and and it worked. We found our groove with it. And like any old good startup, you roll your sleeves up. We were everything. We were the chief executive officer, the chief technical officer, the chief digital marketing officer. We, you know, we ran our own little P&L and it was a, it was hard work, but we, geez, there's great learnings in it. If you're ever thinking about doing a side hustle, do it. I also think in your 40s, there's this opportunity to like do it now or, or never, you know, don't wait until you're no. retired or whenever no. that might no. be, because you're, no. you're the, the costs that you might lose, it's more likely that you can kind of say, well, I can afford to lose this amount of money. You'll get yes. so much more from following some kind of true passion. Yeah. And she learned a lot about yourself. You actually discover skill sets that you just never, ever knew you had. Like it's forced learning. I, I even the psychology behind it, I love it. it. It's you you literally teach yourself skills that you didn't have a week ago or a year ago, a month ago, because when it's yours and you have to make it work, you make it work. And I found that fascinating. And I look back at that. I'm so glad I did it and we're still doing it, but I'm so glad we took that punt, if you like, together, that leap of faith. And we went, yeah, let's just do this. We were in between jobs. Let's do it. And it was successful for us. And I'm forever grateful we 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 took that leap. It sounds amazing. You could also have paid people to do it, couldn't you? You know, yeah. you can get freelancers now. But actually, if you do it yourself, then you can genuinely, in your future career as well, have a lot of empathy and understanding for the person that does the coding, the person who does do yep. your marketing yep. or social media. So I suppose yep. that's helped you. Has that helped you in your current role as well? Yeah, I think lots of just the business side of a side hustle, all of that, 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 that those learnings, absolutely. Yeah, like I can't say enough. We we taught ourselves all these new skills that we just didn't know before. And it's absolutely helped me in my roles ever since we've had the Style Cantina and I've worked at a few different places and now we are eight. Absolutely. Marketing, digital, e-commerce, all of those things. You know, I've always had commercial roles, so I understand commercial P&Ls really well, but I think running your own P&L and being responsible for it was an amazing thing as well, you know, like money in, money out, budgeting, all those sorts of things, manufacturing costs and understanding that world. So yeah, I it's such a good thing to do. If you're ever considering it, I absolutely wholeheartedly encourage people to do it. Sounds amazing. I must admit, I did a spreadsheet not long ago for Fire and Forte and I thought, oh, this is so different. Like there's so many less zeros on it, uh, but I'm so much more meticulous over yeah. it, you know? You think that's yeah. quite a, it's a very sobering, a good reminder of an experience, isn't it? About the value of money and literally Absolutely. how much work it takes to get money in oh. to, to then be spending it. When you're not spending or managing other people's money, it's your own you think differently, you behave differently, you you manage a business differently. Like it is it is really qualitative learning, being on the tools and that real, that real currency and that real aspect. Absolutely. That's amazing. Well, lots of motivation during this conversation. I would love to now understand a bit more about We Are Eight because Mm -hmm. this has been recently in the media quite a lot. And I'd love to understand from you how you would describe it and then also your what your belief around this product, this platform is, which is incredibly courageous and exciting. Yeah, it is courageous and it is exciting. And thank you for asking We Are Right because I'm absolutely passionate about 
this business that I'm lucky enough to work for. We're called We Are Eight. We're a new, brand new. We've been in operation. We launched seven months ago, nearly eight months ago here in Australia. We've already launched in the UK. We're about to launch in the US in a couple of weeks, actually. And then India and APAC and off we go. So we're a social media app called We Are Eight. And the principle of what we do is we put people and planet first. We are trying to disrupt the way social platforms have traditionally been built and, and operated. And that is in the sense that 60% of every ad dollar, so for advertisers spending money on the platform, 60% of every ad dollar goes forward to paying charities and climate solutions. So we pay charities and people, by the way, and also paying citizens to watch those ads. And the reason we do that is because the more ads that I watch on the platform, I get real money paid into my app, into the, the wallet that's all integrated when you set up your profile. And at any day, at any point of, the, of any day, I can pay a charity a couple of dollars at any point. And we have this menu that's integrated into the app of all these incredible charities, impact partners that we work with. And there's this notion of turning idle time into impact time on We Are Eight. So this notion, how we're trying to disrupt and do it differently is when we think about how social platforms work, and I worked for a different one before this, is the scroll time, endlessly being in an algorithm, forced content and perhaps advertising that you didn't go searching for, but it's just, it's it's fed to you. And we're trying to reverse that by um, spending time on our app and we do all the things that we love about social media. It's content, it's creativity, it's community it's people, it's music, it's culture, it's all the interest-based content that we love and also posting. But if you watch a couple of ads on your terms, 100% opt-in, you get paid and you can pay it forward to charities that mean something to you. At the same time, sustainability is an enormous pressure point and not just in the marketing and advertising and media world, but globally in life. Uh, the world's at tipping point. We take sustainability really hard. People and planet first are our core principles. We carbon offset every digital impression. So every ad that you're watching, we carbon offset the way that that ad is delivered to you. So we're taking care of the planet. We're caring for people and yeah, and really sort of giving this power back to our users. We call them citizens on the platform and that's probably a great way of explaining it, using your social media time, idle time, and creating impact out of it. It's very, it sounds like, why doesn't this exist already? Yeah. Because, because when you say that, the adverts at the moment, so to understand now, if we were consuming a digital advert, that someone is paying for that. And at the moment, where does that money go? So how can, because how can we R8 do that and not any of the other platforms? Yeah, well, we're doing it because we're the first people that have ever created that that capability, if you like. There is a lot of money in digital, the digital economy. There is a lot of money in tech. There's a lot of money in Silicon Valley. And I, our, really, our call to arms is divest and divert some of that to We Are Eight because when brands do that, this circular economy of goodwill is happening. So 60% of every ad is paying people to watch those ads and it's being made to, in micropayments to climate solutions and charities. So the brands that advertise with us are doing something amazing. The platform's done, doing something amazing and the person watching that ad is doing something amazing. So there's this wonderful 
circular economy of, of goodness and wholesome that we're creating. Why has somebody, not, and why have the other platforms not done it before? I think because money and greed and power and scale, and don't get me wrong, we're a commercial business, so we operate off the 40 cents of every dollar that we earn through advertising revenues, but our, our biggest priority is caring for people and planet, and the two are intrinsically list, connected, sorry, and and creating just good social media habits. The other thing about our platform is we're 100% hate-free. So we have 0% tolerance on bad behaviour, content, speech. We just don't allow it. And we take that we take that moderation of content and behaviour really, really seriously on the platform. So does that mean if someone does something that is trolling, for example, they get removed? Or... Absolutely. And yeah, wow. platforms where it's not moderated or they say it is, but it's not really, or it's three strikes and you're out. We take it really seriously. And we do. We we if it if it breaches all of our guidelines around hate speech or content, we remove the content, the speech, and also the user ID because this is our promise. We want a premise. We people and planet first, care for both, and we want to create a social platform that's good for people, that's not filled with toxic behaviour. Internet toxicity is such a thing. Social platforms have become just this place of trolling and and vitriol, as you mentioned, and it's become awful. And we know all the stories around it and we think big tech platforms, like the one that we are building, have an enormous responsibility to do better in this space. Look after people. And brands, by the way, that advertise and that spend all this money on your platform to be hated on or to be trolled. It is, it's so wrong and it's got so far to the tipping point that our amazing founder, Sue Fennessy, who created We Are Aid, she saw this 10 years ago. She's been building this business really for the last just shy of a decade. And this was her vision, create a platform that cared for people, that was caring for the planet. There was this notion of giving back and allowing people and brands to do good things on it every single day. For anyone watching, I just think you have to download this app immediately because mm. it's it's so lovely to imagine a world where actually you're not you're not being used as a as a data point, which is just right. being shoved adverts. And then you've just really made me think about the connection between that almost just allows certain trolling to happen because someone somewhere is making a lot of money by giving you that ad and they haven't got the time or the moderation or the approach to get rid of these trolls. Who can, to be a teenager now, we all think it, don't we? It must be terrible because you can't express yourself, you imagine, on there without getting bullied. Is It would be my kind of risk. So you think, why not move to something like We Are Eight, where, yeah, the adverts goes to a good place and where it's safe by the sound of it as well. Absolutely. It, like that was the perfect pitch, how you just presented that. You know, it is. It's keeping... People, human beings, all of us safe, really safe, genuinely, authentically safe on platforms. You know, I've I've got a teenager. Well, he's nearly a teenager. And, you know, he's found the world of social media and TikTok and finds that really interesting. And it terrifies me. And, uh, you know, he shows me the content that he's looking at. And uh, it's terrifying. And I think about all the things that are complex for young people, you know, and I've got three boys and it's Weird that I'm going to say this, but body image for boys is a real thing. And I didn't even know that until my 12-year-old found social media, not where I, by the way. 
And I want him in a safe space. I want him on a platform like we are right where he's not going to get trolled. He's not going to get judged or commented on if he posts something that he thinks is cool, but somebody else doesn't, you know, like, and I know it sounds very mumsy of me to say that, but it, it's actually not. It's actually really humanistic. And this is why I'm so passionate about We Are Eight. I philosophically believe in it a thousand percent because I care for people. I care for the planet. We do both. I also care for young people. And I think I have an immense responsibility to correct my kids' social media habits now before it goes too far the other way. And, you know, We Are Eight is a beautiful alternative. We want to be habitual. We don't want to be this habit where people are stuck in their phones. And that's why we say to people on the platform, spend eight minutes of your life, of your day on the platform, not an hour and a half, not hours endlessly doing this. Spend eight minutes, change the world, be a change maker. And, and I love my kids being on it. So they see, they see me, you know, I get them to make little donations. You know, the more ads that we watch, I get this little piggy bank of real money and then we're paying it forward to all these charities that, you know, like the Go Foundation or Take Three from the Sea or just all these amazing foundations. I love my kids seeing that, using idle time on We Are Eight on a social media platform and making instant immediate impact with it. It's wonderful. It's amazing. Hopefully you've skipped this generation that have been damaged by social media and you're raising a generation or two or three. You've probably spun a few generations with those, with your three children that yeah. approach this very differently. Really good, genuine content and then really an understanding of giving back, like you say. Absolutely. You know, we're the first people that's going to, that have done this, you know, and it's really important. How do you instigate mm-hmm. change? How do you actually make impact? Where do you start? And the wonderful thing is how we educate our platform. You start on We Are Eight. Be on the platform. Watch ads. Be a part of our community. Pay it forward. People on planet are benefiting from everyday Australians being on this platform every single day. Danica, I don't think it's any accident that you're on fire at the moment and you've got this job, (laughs) that you and We Are Eight Vet at this point because it's such a compelling, you seem like the perfect partnership, really. It's really great that there's yourself and you talked about your founder. You sound like such a genuine, passionate group of people to be selling this. So selling this or talking and educating about this platform. So I I feel as though you found your purpose and it's going to benefit so many other people. Does that, is that how it feels to you? 100%. We were talking about this before. I don't think I've ever said this in my career before, and I've been doing this since I was really 20 years of age. I I wake up every day and I feel good about what I do. I work for an extraordinary business on this extraordinary mission. It's wholesome. I know that 100% of everything in and out of our business is about goodness I've never been able to say that before. And so that's such a unique and foreign experience that I'm having at the moment. But by God, I'm reveling in it. I feel I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I love what I do. I love the mission that we're on. We are startup. We are scale up. So it's hectic beyond hectic. But I work with all of the how I just explained and described that. All of the people that work in our organisation fit that bill. You know, Sue, our founder, is the unicorn. She created us. I work for Lizzie Young, who's our CEO, who just, you know, she just leads by example in this space every single day. I feel very fortunate to be led and learn from Lizzie every every single day. 
and all of my colleagues, Luke, our CMO, like we're just, we're in this because we want to be and it feels very right and I feel very privileged to be part of this. And I was talking to you before, at this point in my life, personally and professionally, I have just become obsessed and I honestly mean obsessed with doing the right thing. You know, I just firmly, it's in me, it's in my head and my heart. I just want people and business and corporates and life. I just want the right thing to always happen and be done. And I feel very lucky because I do that in my personal life because I can with my kids. I tell them right from wrong. But now I'm part of this organization and in my professional life, I'm on the right side of history with this. I want to building a business that's on the right side of the history and doing the right thing. And I just feel so bloody lucky. Well, yeah, I mean, they're lucky to have you as well, I'd say. So it's a great combination. I think you, yeah, I think you guys are going to achieve good things. I absolutely love being on the right side of history. So we'll see how many people watch this video, you know, in a few years time and it'll be, you know, it'll be the groundbreaking moment. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending this time with us, given everything that your life entails. And there's just been so much motivation as well as practical tips in that time. So thank you. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Hannah. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed this. This was almost like a therapy session for me, actually. It was nice. No, but genuinely, I love talking about my job. I love talking about WRA. I love talking about my life. I love talking about being in my 40s for all the reasons we that I kind of articulated and for any woman that's in her 40s and firing along keep going back yourself in and enjoy it and keep on the wellness path as well but I've loved this conversation so thank you so so much thank you for the inspiration we'll be walking around in t-shirts of yours very soon (laughs) (laughs) love it the collection thanks Danica